I want to read to you a passage of scripture that's actually one of my favorite, Jeremiah 33. And, and it says this, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, while Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the Lord gave him this second message. I could stop right there because that first verse is so powerful, especially for this season. But I want to continue reading because the next 11 verses I'm going to read to you, I believe is a prophetic word, an encouraging word from God for this nation and for this world. Verse two says this, this is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. You have torn down the houses of this city and even the king's palace to get materials to strengthen the walls against the siege ramps and the swords of the enemy. They were literally tearing their homes apart, trying to guard themselves from people that were attacking them. Think about that. You're tearing your home apart to guard yourself from what's coming against you. And then he says, you expect to fight the Babylonians, but the men of this city are already as good as dead. God is speaking here uh, for a second to a people that have disobeyed God and gotten themselves in a bad situation. And now they're trying to fight their way out of it. And so God says that their, their sins and their rebellion did have some, some consequences. But he says in verse eight, look at the grace of God. Nevertheless, the time will come when I will heal Jerusalem's wounds and give it prosperity and true peace. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and Israel and rebuild their towns. I will cleanse them of their sins against me and forgive all of their sins of rebellion. Then this city will bring me joy, glory, and honor before all the nations of the earth. I'm speaking that over Los Angeles. I'm speaking that over the city you are watching from. Then this city will bring me joy, glory, and honor before all the nations of the earth. The people of the world will see all the good I do for my people and they will tremble with awe at the peace and prosperity I provide for them. This is what the Lord says. You have said this is a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yet in the empty streets of Jerusalem and Judah's other towns, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and laughter. I'm going to read that again. Yet in the empty streets of Jerusalem and Judah's other towns, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will be heard again, along with the joyous songs of people bringing thanksgiving offerings to the Lord. They will sing, give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. And I love how it ends. For I will restore the prosperity of this land to what it was in the past, says the Lord. What of a beautiful passage of scripture for this time that we are in. Jeremiah actually prophesied this verse against the backdrop of empty streets, against the backdrop of desolation and rubble and the city that he loved in complete ruins. He had to speak what God said against a backdrop that is similar to what you and I are experiencing now. And although I read this whole verse, um, I encourage you to read it on your own, Jeremiah 33 verses 1 through 12. 
I'm going to land on the first two verses because I believe that God wants to speak something to you and I from these first two verses. The first verse says, while Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him. Jeremiah heard from God in his confinement. I don't know about you, but I'm a people person. Um, all the extroverts out there are dying. The introverts, you just found out your normal life is called stay-at-home quarantine. <laughs> but listen, I'm going crazy. And so many times when I feel like I'm going crazy, I, I go on a ride or I go in the house, I go in a coffee shop, I go where there's a lot of people, and I actually can't be around people. Thank God I get to be around my family. And I'm just praying even right now for somebody who is single right now. You are relying on your friendships. I just feel so strong that that God is using this season for you as well. And I want to encourage you that in what is called confinement, Jeremiah heard from God. I think of the countless amount of sermons that I've spent up all night working on or not really all night, you know, when I'm old, I'm old. So all night is, is till 1130. <laughs> but I think about all the countless sermons that I've spent a lot of time, let's just say that, um, hearing from God about and making sure that it goes well and watching the clock in 35 minutes. I probably preached in the last three years of my life between uh, Sunday services and leadership classes and intern stuff. I probably preached 150 sermons. And I'm wondering how many of those sermons could you tell me about right now? Could you tell me all 150 of my sermon titles? Could you give me all three points from all 150 sermons? Could you repeat to me word for word everything that I told you that God told me? The reality is don't lie because God sees you right where you are. But the reality is you probably can't. It's actually really hard to remember things that somebody told you that God said to them. But you know what I have found when my memory kicks up really high? It's not the stuff that I watch on YouTube. That's great. Not the stuff that I listen to on podcasts. That's amazing. You know what I tend to remember the most when God tells something directly to me? And I've been really wrestling during this time. I feel cut off from doing my job to speak into your life, to get you to where God has you. I've even said that, that it's, I believe it's my job to help you get what God has for you. And I feel like God's been telling me that's my job. Your job is to model what it means to be transformed into the image of Christ and worship me no matter what. And I've been really thinking about this and praying about this because I'm limited, actually, to be able to be your, your pastor. I'm limited to being able to have to do it from my home. I can't show up to a building on Sunday and do what I normally do. But you are not limited at all in your confinement from hearing from God directly. And Jeremiah, in his confinement, heard the word of the Lord. His movement was confined. His relationships were confined, but what was not confined at all, and maybe even, might I challenge, enhanced, was his ability to hear from God. Hearing from God is often known in church circles, if you're new to church, is the prophetic. And in every situation that I found in the New Testament, you never hear a word of people just chilling and partying and everything was going well and a prophet shows up. When a prophet shows up, it's going down. 
things are not going well and all of a sudden people hear from God. Matter of fact, in, in 1 Kings 17, one of the worst times in Israel, Israel was just all in sin and idol worship. They had some wicked kings in place. And in 1 Kings 17, it just says, now Elijah. The prophet Elijah came out of nowhere. When Nebuchadnezzar was building uh, a kingdom to himself and taking all of God's glory, Daniel was raised up throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible, the prophetic voices of God's people were ignited during the worst times. So it's during the worst times that we can hear God the best. Now, I wouldn't have designed it that way. That's not, that's why, one of the reasons why I'm not God. I'm not trying to be Bruce Almighty. But what I am saying is that history has shown us that eternity, the, 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 the eternal God speaks when temporary circumstances seem like God is not there at all. That's all I'm saying is that in his confinement, Jeremiah heard from God. And I want to just lock in before I pray for you to what God said to him. God said to him, the Lord who made the earth, who formed it and established it, says this. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. And I just want to lean in to three things from that passage of scripture that I want you and I to do. God says, ask me, ask God. We can log on to every single website we can find. I've been a lead pastor for five months and I have been wrecked with the thought that I could make a decision that would hurt people and hurt this community that I love so deeply. And so I've been asking a lot of people what to do. I've been asking pastors. I've been asking people who've been leading longer than me. I've been asking so many people. Matter of fact, some days I feel like my whole day was spent asking people what to do. And is that good? Of course, we're supposed to have people and wise counsel in our lives. That is biblical. But what is also biblical, and I believe God is telling you and I, I feel like God is saying in this season, does anybody want to ask me? Ask me. Ask the living God of the universe. You can shoot a text message and ask your friend who works in D.C. And all those text messages going around of the person in D.C. who sent a text out from a meeting. We can ask all those people and send all those text messages around. But I wonder if God is saying, will anybody ask me? He says, ask me. I want to challenge you to ask God about what's going on. Ask God about your family. Ask God to heal the coronavirus. Ask God to protect your kids. Ask God to meet you right there in your home. Ask God. I want to just lock in on that one thing. Will you ask God what you spend so much time asking other people? And then number two, God says not only can you ask him, but number two, he says, and I will tell you. Ask me and I will tell you. God is eager, eager to tell his sons and daughters what he is saying. Ask him, ask him. And if you've never asked God anything before, make sure you have someone in your circle and say, hey, I've been talking to God about this. What do you think? I'm not saying don't ask people. Hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. I'm saying that you ask God and then you take it to people 
who are further along in that journey, further along in their walk, and you say, this is what I feel like God is telling me. What do you think? You do it in a humble way. We never want to, uh, when we're dealing with the prophetic verse, we never want to say, God told me to quit my job and I don't care what anybody thinks about it. That gets people in a lot of trouble. And it's one of the reasons why prophecy is so weak in the church is because the prophetic can become arrogant when someone's convinced that they hear from God 100%. I don't even think I hear from God 100%. So I always have people in my life when I feel like I'm hearing from God, I go to them. But still, remember to ask God, because the good news is the Bible says he will tell you. Ask me and I will tell you. Ask me and I will tell you, right? I really believe that's the word of the Lord for this time. I know it's not super deep. Wait a minute, I tuned in for the 7.30 midweek service and all you're telling me is to ask God and he will tell me, yes, I'm telling you to ask God and he will tell you. And what will he tell you? This is where we're gonna close. The Bible says that God will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know. You know some translations say unsearchable things? You can't find it anywhere else but the presence of God. Ask me and I will tell you things that are unsearchable. The original Hebrew word means inaccessible. The things that God wants to tell you right there in your home, right there in your car, right there when you're in his, your, his presence, the things that God wants to tell you, you cannot find out anywhere else. You can't search it on Google. You can't ask your friend. These things that God wants to tell you in this verse, the Bible says the original word is they're inaccessible anywhere else. Why is God saying, ask me? And he wants to tell you. He's saying, because to get through this season, I need to give you wisdom and information and vision and direction and hope and peace and joy and favor that can only be found when you ask God in his presence. They're not searchable anywhere else. I think it's good to go on a hike, but you can't get this kind of peace from a hike. I think it's good to work out, but you can't get this kind of joy and peace from working out. I think it's good to do all the things that we're doing during this time of being at home. But he says that there are certain things that you can only get from the presence of God. They're unsearchable. What if during this time of having to be at home with all the drama that it caused and and all the, the finance financial issues you may have, what if the entire solution, the answers you are looking for, can only be found in the presence of God? Because God told Jeremiah, the answer to your question is unsearchable. It's inaccessible anywhere else than my presence. You might not be able to get this answer from your pastor. You might not be able to get this answer from the news. You won't be able to, matter of fact, because these answers are found in my presence. Those three things I wanted to share with you tonight. Would you ask God? He promises he'll tell you, and what he wants to tell you is inaccessible anywhere else other than his presence.